Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview with me, Andrew Musgrove, and as usual, John Gibson. Newcastle travelled to the Amex to face Brighton on Saturday night, hoping to avoid a third successive Premier League defeat. Very few would have predicted that we'd be previewing this game on the back of a defeat to Liverpool, given how the game started. But here we are, John. We don't want to dwell on it too much, but no. just how difficult would it have been Eddie Howe to pick the players up after that defeat to Liverpool? I think it would be difficult in some ways to pick himself up when you're considering how the results went, when you're considering that he will not be happy in hindsight it's a great thing but he'll not be happy with the way substitutions worked. He got it wrong it's not often that he gets it wrong and his percentages are very good in his favour but everybody's human. He got it wrong on the day. No question about that whatsoever. And, of course, Klopp's got the finger on him. I think it's something like 13 matches, Klopp v Howe, both at Bournemouth and Newcastle, and he hasn't won one yet. Now, last season was was really irritating, the two defeats, but nothing like as irritating as this defeat was. Uh, so, everybody's been on a mission. I think Eddie, with the sort of um, the, the outlook he's got on life, it'll have been easier to pick himself up than it will be to have picked some of the players up. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny, and we were going into this game on Saturday night, and it's destiny day. So early in the season, it's destiny day. Because if we lose, it's three defeats on the trot going into a fortnight's break to stew over it. And three defeats on the trot would have been unthinkable at the start of the season. Uh, if we win down there, then Liverpool's confined to a bad day at the office. Um, so it's destiny day. It goes one extreme or the other extreme, unless it's a draw, which is somewhere in the middle, which wouldn't be a bad result. But because of the two defeats, we really need, if we can, to win this one. But some might say, well, actually, you've got to look at who Newcastle United have played. You know, they've played Aston Villa. No, you if, you're in, if you're in the fourth top, you're playing good sides. You're a good side yourself. I mean, if we are going to make progress, we can't. This is the old attitude which we've all had, Andrew, of Geordie's. This is the old attitude. Oh, we must remember we played Joe Bloggs and we played Joe Bugs. So, of course, we get beat. No, we don't. Not now. 
We're four top and being at Wembley if we, and we're in the Champions League. It's If we take that in, we'll say, well, when we lose to Paris Saint-Germain, that's understandable. And when we lose to AC Milan, well, they're a club of history in Europe. So that's OK. No, it is not. And who we play doesn't matter. The bottom line is that for me, and I think for a lot of Geordies and perhaps for you, we have... The last two games have been two opportunities missed, Andrew. First of all, we played Manchester City, who were coming off the back of a European Super Cup match in midweek with all the travelling to Greece and back, while we'd had a week of rest. They'd lost personnel um, from their treble-winning situation, and we had just spanked Aston Villa 5-1 to be cock-a-hoop. Yet we didn't really get after them. Yes, 1-0 wasn't humiliation. It, it looked okay on it. But there was a sense of disappointment for me in the way we went about it. We then come and play Liverpool. And we're 1-0 up with 11 men against 10, with only 10 minutes to go. And we're drawn 1-1, which isn't a good result, but it's better than now, in injury time against 10 men. And we lose. So it's been two opportunities lost, and it's no good saying, well, it was Manchester City and Liverpool. Liverpool finished beneath us last season. If we use the excuse regularly, well, we're playing good sides, then we'll get beat at Brighton with the, with the publicity they get. No, I agree. I, I, like I said, I don't subscribe to that notion that you've got to put into context who they face, because you have to face every team at yeah. some point. But I know some will probably argue, well, actually, it's been a really tough start. And it's the games that come afterwards that Newcastle will really be looking to to win. But I agree. I agree. My point of view is that, you know, I was disappointed against City that they didn't try a bit harder in terms of attacking the goal against Liverpool. Very frustrated that they didn't go uh, for the jugular. And against Brighton, it's another big, big test. And it's really interesting, actually, that both sides come into the game on Saturday deflated because... Uh, yes. Brighton got absolutely battered by West Ham, which nobody saw coming. A real tactical masterclass from David Moyes. So I guess uh, if if Eddie Howe wants to have a little inkling on how to beat Brighton, he just has to pick up the phone to David Moyes and ask him how, how he did it. That's absolutely so. It was a masterclass of, of tactics, which we didn't see on Saturday, but uh, West Ham produced. Um, but I mean, I was banging on and I sounded... Uh, I was beginning to sound like a lone voice in a wilderness when, remember, we chatted about it last week, Andrew, when, you know, when Brighton were top of the league in two 4-1 wins and we were told this side is sensational, yeah, they beat Luton and Wolves who will be in a relegation fight. And the first time they played a half-decent side that won the European Fourth Division Championship last season, they got coshed 3-1 and well coshed. But that makes them more dangerous because they will... Two we talk about three defeats on the trot, unthinkable. Two defeats on the on, on the trot in a week at home, it'll be pretty unthinkable to them. So they're going to come out on a mission the same as we are. If we let them play, they're dangerous with their possession football. We've got to get after them. We've got to play the right way and have the right attitude. But both sides are smarting. You're absolutely right. Both sides are smarting. They will want to pick up as much as we do. Hmm. And I guess one of the things that maybe has helped Eddie Howe this week to pick the, the players up, but certainly pick the fan base up, is the small matter of the Champions League draw. And we now know Newcastle will face PSG, Borussia Dortmund. I mean, two 
fantastic teams then. Of course, EC Milan, Sandro Tonali gets to go home. It is a group of death, but I welcome it. You want to face the very best. And I think if the players were down the dumps about the defeat to Liverpool, then they would have had an eye on this draw and just just a little reminder of what they've achieved, what's to come, and and, and also kind of a reminder of, of where they can go as well. Because I don't think they'll be sitting in the dressing room or wherever they watch the draw quivering in fear. They'll just be thinking, right, let's get PSG to St. James's Park on a Wednesday night under the lights, war flags, and we'll take on the very best and we'll beat them. That's got to be the attitude. I mean, the interesting thing was, you know, what we did last season, fourth top Champions League, League Cup final. When you're going to step up, because your next thing is you've got to try to improve on that. Maybe we won't this this particular season. We'll get very close to it or we will improve on it. But we learned this week what stepping up is with the two cup draws. League Cup draw, first round we entered last season when it got the final, Premier Rovers. First round we enter this season, Manchester City. Bit different. And not just because Tranmere was away and Man City was at home. That's the show. And then we get the group of death. I love it like you love it. But third pot is supposed to be pretty weak. The only team that wasn't weak in the third pot was AC Milan, and we get AC Milan. And but it, it's so we've found what stepping up is and taking the theory, which I accept wasn't yours, Andrew, but is the, the theory of some people. Well, we played good sides. Well, sorry, we're going to continue to play good sides. We're going to play the treble winners in the League Cup and we're going to play AC Milan, who have won the Champions League seven times. We're going to play Dortmund, who have won it once and played in the final once. Um, And we're going to play PSG with the best player in the world, Mavabi in the side. Um, So, (laughs) you know, if, if we say, well, we've played tough sides then we may as well cancel half the fixtures of the season because the League's Cup's going to be tough and the Champions League's going to be tough and the next game in the Premier League's going to be tough. And Bright- Brentford at home, when it come back, it's not going to be a walk in the park. So that's the way it is. But of course I'm excited by um, the Champions League. It is a tough draw. There's, absolutely, there's no way of getting away from that. The team with the easiest draw is Arsenal. Arsenal have got the best group if you want to progress. We've got the best group if you want to play great sides and have your days out and the fans. Going to Paris, going to uh, Dortmund and going to Milan, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And by the way, while it is a group of death, I think we can survive it and get out of it. I uh, um, All right, I think Paris Saint-Germain will win the group. Uh, and some people would say they, bought, they, they buy the group, but they, they haven't been able to buy Europe yet. Um, but they've tried to. But I think they'll probably win the group. But I think we can finish second because I don't think AC Milan and Italian Serie A football is anything like what it was. If you go back to the 60s and the 70s, it was the place all the, the world superstars wanted to play. It was the top league. Now that's the Premier League, followed by La Liga, followed by the Bundesliga. And Serie is very poor fourth. They are a, a league in financial crisis, which is why AC Milan had to sell their greatest idol, Tonali, to us. I don't think, 
yes, they're stubborn, they're resistance, they got the semi-final last year, but it was defensively they didn't give a lot away. I don't think they're that great. And I think Dortmund haven't started well. We can say that New they'll be saying Newcastle haven't started well, but neither of them. Uh, so I think we can we can sneak second. We're not anywhere near near dead in that. And it, it is fascinating. But it's big time, big time, big time. So is the league cup straight away and so is the Premier League straight away. It's it's called life. It's called where we want to live because we've lived in the cellar, the Premier League relegation fight for long enough. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And yeah, I've predicted second as well. It's going to be some very interesting nights at St. James's Park. And I think the players will be very excited. They'll want to play a part in it. I do think it will have boosted their spirits this week after that defeat to Liverpool. Hello, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Andrew Muscov here. Thank you very much for tuning in. I just want to point you in the direction of the Football Content Awards and urge you guys to vote for the Everything is Black and White podcast. I've popped the link where you can vote into the description. If you click on that and you scroll down to the best podcast, now there you have options. You can vote for the best podcast in the Premier League, Football League and International. Now, obviously, we'll be going for the category of the Premier League, but we need your vote. So if you can pop the Everything is Black and White podcast into the box and then submit your form. There's also other sections you can vote for, like best influencer, best creator, best media organisation. So have a blast. Vote for everybody Newcastle United-wise in there, but make sure you vote for the Everything is Black and White podcast in the Premier League section of the best podcast. We really would love you guys to help us out. It's a pleasure to be coming to you at least four times a week. We really do love doing this. And we really do appreciate your support in the Football Content Awards. Thank you very much. Let's get back on with the show. Injury news, John. Now, we saw Sven Botman leave the pitch uh, against Liverpool. He had a really good game. He was unfortunate uh, that the first goal uh, was, was sort of his fault, the, the, the unfortunate ricochet, and then, he, then he's gone off injured. Now, Eddie Howe, in his press conference today, has said that Botman's done some light jogging and he, he will be considered for the weekend. Now, it's very hard to read what Eddie Howe actually um, will do, what he actually means. He said he's going to be considered. I don't... My gut tells me he'll not feature. I don't, I don't think he'll feature. He'll certainly not start. No. You can get a seat on the bench because you can be the ninth man if, if, if you so wanted. Although I, I would suggest you just put fit people, fully fit people on there. He won't start. Uh, I don't think there's... Much question about that. The other doubt is Joe Linton. Yeah. I think that's more flick of a coin whether he starts or not. We simply do not know uh, exactly how bad um, Joe Linton is. Eddie normally doesn't want to give anything away, um, theoretically, because he doesn't want the opposition to know. Well, we uh, saw last week, didn't we? That he, I mean, Joe Linton had a knock, and it was it was you know fifty fifty, and he and he starts against Liverpool. Had a really good game taken off and then things sort of sort of changed. But I guess then if Botman doesn't start John, we both don't think he will do. Who replaces him? Is it Dan Byrne into the middle and then Lewis Hall at left back? Because I have to say I don't think I if Dan Byrne moves in to centre back, I can't see my targets taking his spot. I think it would be handed straight to Lewis Hall. I think that it would be under normal circumstances and I think that's the way it'll go. I think 
in a few weeks' time, Lewis Hall will be the left-back. Never mind with Dan Byrne being anywhere at all. But I think for this game, not. Lewis Hall hasn't played pre-season. He hasn't, and he's not up to the speed, in my opinion, and I think this is in Eddie Howe's opinion, he's not up to the speed Newcastle United player. Remember Anthony Gordon last season. Uh, remember the, the, the holding back Isaac and holding back Bruno. Um, I don't think he'll come in with with Lewis Hall. I would love it to be Lewis Hall. You've got two choices if Bopman doesn't play and we don't expect him to play. You either move Burn across and bring a left-back in, which you would presume would be target if I'm correct about Hall and he is viewed as not being match fit, match sharp as yet. Or, in this possibility has been put to me privately, you leave Burn where he is and bring Lascelles in. Uh, that's the only alternative there really is um, to the back situation. So it's either it's either um, target all the cells in terms of personnel, isn't it? Because Burns will either play left back or he'll play left side centre half. He'll not not start. I would think. Although I really think I'm not going to use the expression uh, in need of a rest because there are only three games in no new season and they don't. Nobody needs a rest. But I think that he is finding it tough. I think Dan is finding it tough now. Well, you know, he's, he's had a bit of criticism over the last two games. But, I mean, I thought against Liverpool, he, he played all right. I think, actually, when he moved into the centre, Newcastle suffered for it. Now, of course, they were suffering because Botman's gone off. But I actually think they looked better with him out on that left. And when Matt Hogg came on, we talked about Lewis Hall looking a little bit rushed, you know, having a pre-season. And look, I think my target is a very capable defender, good squad player. I did say a few episodes ago that if they finished the window with Dan Byrne and Matt Target, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be up in arms about it. However, he looked very rusty against Liverpool, and I just wonder how much of a difference there will be in terms of that match fitness between Lewis Hall and Matt Target. And and maybe uh, Eddie Howe just says, Do you know what? It's it's minuscule where we're going to go for the the better left back, which I think is Lewis Hall, even though he's he's much younger than Matt Target. Lewis Hall is the best left back in the club. Never mind mm. better than Target. He's the best left back in the club because I don't care how long Dan Burns played left back. He's not a left back by nature. He's not a left back by nature, which is a backhanded compliment because he's done a good enough job playing in that position. But he's not a left. Lewis Hall's the best left back in the club, and he will be Newcastle United's left back. Whether they will throw him in to a match at Brighton where they attack when, by Howe's own admittance, he is not match sharp by Newcastle standards is another matter. And if you don't want to go with Target, and by the way, if that's true, you almost may as well sell Target today because. Goodness gracious me, if he can't get in at the moment, when Hall's up to speed and Burns still there, etc., then he's got a problem. It could well be that he just leaves Burn where it is and goes with Lascelles. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Do you, do you read anything into the fact that when the change needed to be made against Liverpool, he moved down Burn across and Matt Target came in, and, and it wasn't Jamal Lascelles that came on because I think. Most people, have you presented that scenario to them, 
would have said, yeah, it's Jamal Salzburg, come off the bench and he'll and he'll fill the gap. And because to be fair to him, when he's played against Liverpool, he played against City last season, he did a good job, still very capable. But I just I, I just remember watching that substitution and going, oh, that's quite interesting. I don't know, do, do you think that tells you a, a, a longer-term kind of message about Lascelles, or do you think it was more based about the fact that Newcastle had Nunes and Salah to deal with, and and, and it was it was a tactical decision rather than a, a one that kind of yeah. signals the end of Lascelles maybe at Newcastle? I mean, he does. Uh, the manager does decide on who you're playing, what he's going to do, and who the direct opposition to you is. I think the only certainty is, despite my reservations about Big Dan and and uh, Gray's Monument moving quicker than Dan in a high wind. Um, I think he will play. It's it, it, not just because it's Brighton, because sentiment doesn't come into it with Eddie. He'll play either left back or left sided centre half. He is more natural as a left sided centre half. And I only wish Lewis Hall was up to absolute 100% scratch because there would be no we wouldn't even be talking about it and but maybe target didn't do himself any favors when he come on as a sub and and therefore he'll go with Lascelles. it who's trying to second guess eddie the biggest certainty of all is that in this match with the injuries to uh botman and to joe linden and with the forwards three situation and the midfield three situation, the biggest certainty is there's no one on this planet will guess one to eleven starting lineup at Brighton and be absolutely correct. Ooh. There's only anyhow will be. Oh, I like a challenge though. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, well, I'm you gonna can do it, but you'll be wrong somewhere, and so would I be, and so would everybody else be. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Right. So Nick Pope, Kieran Trippier. Fabian Cher. Oh, do you know what? I just That's think Dan so far, by the way. That's it. Is, yeah, yeah. I just think when you when you look at those kind of 10, 15 minutes Dan Byrne had, he looked very slow at centre back. And my concern is that if you play Cher and Byrne together at the back, you've got no pace at all. You haven't there. got pace at the back at all. Whoever you play, no, Bobbin hasn't got pace. You haven't, Bobbin but I hasn't got pace. Burn hasn't got pace. We haven't got pace at the back unless these two kids provide it when they come in. And I totally agree with that. I just, I, I just think it's it's probably a little easier to compensate for that at left back because you can push them out wide. Whereas if you're having to turn, and I think you get found out. And I think well, that's the... off and left back then. Jamal Lasalle's at centre back and Dan Byrne at left back. I can't see my target coming in, and I think I think if Dan Byrne does play centre back, which I don't think he will, it would be Lewis Hall. But my instinct would be a back four of Trippier, Share, Lasalle's, and uh, Dan Byrne, and then we're getting to the middle. Middle three. Now I don't. <sighs> Joe Linson's in a really interesting one. I think it'll be Bruno, Tonali, and Longstaff. I don't think Joe Linton will feature. Right. Front three. Miggy, and he's got a score. Uh, yeah, to get 20, he has. <laughs> Miggy. So I was going to say Wilson straight off, but I think he'll go Isaac. I think he'll go Isaac. And then on the left, Anthony Gordon. I don't think you can look past Anthony Gordon. So there you go. Gordon, Gordon's the first name on the team sheet. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely season. fantastic. Uh, along but, with Pope, because the goalkeeper is automatic in, in this team, isn't he? But uh, yes, he's the first name on the team sheet. What about in the middle then, if Joe Linton is, is missing? I, I would agree with your three. Yeah, uh, sure. Tenali, Bruno and Longstaff, if Joe Linton's missing. If he's not, because, I mean, midfield three has been a massive debate. I mean, no one's questioning Sandra Tenali because he was excellent again against Liverpool. Taking him off, taking Joe Linton off was kind of the turning point. Still questions from some over Bruno Gomeshi, you know, give the ball away for the second goal. A quality, quality player. I mean, I said to Aaron on, on uh, the Monday show whether he's just been a little bit impacted by the fact he's, he's he's asked to be that number six. Maybe not explicitly asked, but that's what he's doing. He's having to be that central player. And I wonder whether he's whether we're starting to see the impact of it because I don't think he's disciplined enough to do the job that needed to be done. If if if, if Linton, Bruno Tonali all fit. John, do you foresee how keeping those three in, or do you see it change, even if they're all fit, and maybe it would be Longstaff coming in? Well, it's fascinating. I think it would be Longstaff coming in, because while I'm a great fan of Elliot Anderson, and I think he's got to get his chance, and he must wonder what he's got to do after his pre-season, I think for an away game where we've had two defeats, they would bring Longstaff in to, to stiffen the thing with his work rate, box-to-box uh, box and the, the amount of, of, of ground he covers. And he could come in for either Bruno or Joe Linton uh, quite easily. I think they'll keep Tenali in because he's the new signing. He's the creative guy out of the three. He's the most creative guy of the three. So it would be Longstaff for Joe Linton if it's on injury and would it be for Bruno if all three were fit? Um, Purely for this game, not necessarily long-term. Long-term, yeah. Purely for Brighton away. Now, Brighton, we mentioned how they're getting all the plaudits. They actually, from some, got more plaudits than Newcastle did last season, which I, I thought was a, a wee bit bizarre. Oh. I mean, so as good as Brighton were, Newcastle went from relegation fodder to Champions League. But hey, we'll not, we'll not dwell on that. We don't care about that. We know how good Eddie Howe and Newcastle are. Brighton, though, I, I really do enjoy watching Brighton. I think they've got the right mix of youth and experience. And people know I've been talking about what I think is a lack of experience at Newcastle. As Kieran Trippier aside, I think they're lacking a, a, a real wise head. Um, and not just someone that can do it from the touchline, like during the week of training, but someone who can actually still play. And I'm looking at Danny Welbeck. I'm looking at James Milner. You know, two players who are coming to the end of their career are never going to set the world alight, but who can still do it in the Premier League. But they've got that experience as well. You know, they've been around the very best. I tell you what, I tell you what, if Gordon gets at Milner, he'll retire at the end of the game. Which <laughs> might be very true. Yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting battle. But do you, do you subscribe to the, to the lack of experience or do you think I'm being a little bit harsh? I can understand the theory, absolutely. Uh, I really can. Um, but having said that, um, you know, the quality Newcastle have got in the side, the experience they've got. I mean, Joel and in, in, in Bruno are two current Brazilian internationals. Trippier's won La Liga and plays for England. Uh, Tonali has won CBA with AC Milan and played in the semi-final of the Champions League. Last year, um, Wilson's got all the experience in the world. Isaac hasn't the experience, but he's a regular international with Sweden and is some player. Gordon's young, 
but by Jove, he's, he's doing exceptional. Iggy, uh, Miggy is Miggy. He'll be one of the greatest fell runners in Cumberland's ever seen, but whether he'll ever score 20 goals in a season remains to be seen. Um, he is the fellow under the cosh as far as I'm concerned, and that's not because he's young. It's because he's reached a, a very decent level, but can he get through the glass ceiling? Um, so, no, I'm not too worried about um, the lack of experience because sometimes, you know, the clever head is not experience. It's a clever head. I mean, will Miggy ever have a clever head? And, and Wayne Rooney had a clever head when he was 17. And, you know, in terms of what to do on the field, sucking people in, etc., etc. Yes, other players, and I'm not having a go at Miggy or, he, or yourself, I'm just having a bit of fun, but there's people like Miggy with obvious advantages. He's got a pace and one thing and another. But will he ever be really clever here? Yeah. Will he ever be cute? I don't think he's cute, and I don't think he can teach cute. Um, and by the way, he, he might look like, you know, our flying winger. Our flying winger is Gordon. Gordon's actually quicker than Almiron, and he's he's a bit cleverer. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's probably going to be key, you would think, on, on Saturday evening. Fantastic performance against Liverpool. Really important that he got the goal because he knows Harvey Barnes is coming up behind him and will be yeah. vying for that spot. But I, I think it's going to be really, really intriguing just to see if Newcastle can take the chances this time around, because we could be sitting here, we should be sitting here talking about a totally different result. You know, of course Almiron we should. was of course unlucky on two efforts. Yes, he blasted one into the terraces, but it could be a totally different game. And if Newcastle can can match Brighton and can do what West Ham did against Brighton, then, then they've got to stand a really, really good chance. The, interesting, you, the on, interesting thing, Andrew, is... Uh, when I when I talk with Malcolm McDonald, and this is his opinion, not necessarily mine, but you respect Malcolm. He scored a few goals for Newcastle United in his time, and he was a centre forward, so he knows what happens up there. And he was making the point you've just made in passing, which is Newcastle United have got got to score goals. Yeah, they did five against Aston Villa, but when you look at Man City and Liverpool, particularly Liverpool, the second goal would have killed the game off. It, it two nil, eleven against ten, never came. And um, looking at that and accepting that Gordon is the first name on the team sheet, Malcolm McDonald's idea is that you can't leave Harvey Bonds sitting on the bench to come on for the last quarter of an hour when he's got the goals record he's got with Leicester and we know he can finish and we saw him finish against Villa in pre-season and he would start Barnes on the left and Gordon on the right and drop Almiron. Now, that's just the point of view of, of, of Malcolm McDonald, but he is a centre-forward that played for England. So it's, you respect it, although you don't necessarily agree with it. But that's that's his answer. We need goals, so get Bonds on the pitch. But, of course, you must keep Gordon on the pitch. Yeah, it's interesting because being floated by quite a few people that Almiron drops out. I've seen people talking about Jacob Murphy, potentially. I just think, I think, I think long-term... There's a very real chance that it is Barnes on the left and Gordon on the right. For, for Saturday, I don't think it will be. I think for the way Brighton play, you need 
Almiron's work rate. That's not to say Gordon doesn't track back because he does, but I think Almiron will just just does a better. He's more disciplined in that in that fact, and he's got a bit more pace and running about him. I, I love you that that that, and you're right. You're right. Your argument, but the, I find it amusing to to uh, couple the word discipline with Miggy Almiron, because, because if ever is is like a, a kite in a high wind, it's Miggy and. Uh, I've got great affection for him, and you can't help but have affection for him with that smile. And he's desperate to do so well every game for himself and for the club. But I find it amusing. And you're right, he does track back better than most do. But I, I find it amusing just to use the word discipline in the same sentence as Miggy. Well, well, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll not re- respond to that one. I think no, you're... No. No your, me- your membership to the McGrawmion fan club uh, must still be in the post somewhere, John. Um, uh, but yes, luckily BT are very slow on deliveries these days. <laughs> um, you've got a host of young players at Brighton and Newcastle are going to have to really keep quiet and we'll be having the view from the opposition podcast later today as well. So many podcasts coming your way this week. I mean, um, I hope you are enjoying them all. By my last count, there's like six maybe, obviously with the Champions League draw. Um, and uh, looking ahead to Brighton, and there'll be one uh, covering the transfer deadline day as well. So thank you very much for tuning in, and make sure you do follow uh, the podcast and leave us a written and uh, review. But yeah, so many exciting players at Brighton have got. I mean, I love the fact that Solly Marsh is starting to find his feet. Uh, I mentioned I'm, I'm a big fan of Danny Well, but I just I, I like the fact that he's still doing it at 32, Milner, 37, 38. You've got Matoma... On the, on the flank, you know, I know what you're going to say, John. Yes, they've got good players, but we've got better players. And that's that's fair. But I think I just want to spend just 30 seconds just kind of saying, do you know what? I can totally understand why Brighton is pretty much everyone's second team. I think they've got a fantastic squad. They're entertaining to watch. I love the fact that they, off the field, they've got this kind of constant wheel of just replacing the very best and, their transfer strategy is amazing and we're starting to see that at Newcastle as well because it's Dan Ashworth's blueprint but yeah I mean Newcastle are going to have to be the very best to beat this Brighton side I think they are lovely to watch when you're a neutral not when they're playing Newcastle but when you're a neutral they're lovely to watch for some unknown reason well I know the reason they get all the plaudits Newcastle don't get that is because they sell all the players to big clubs and say, you know what, we don't mind, and pull this obscure guy from Colombia out of the uh, out of the woodwork that nobody's ever heard of, and then he's sold for 110 million to to Chelsea. Or so. they, they're, and they're capable of doing that time after time after time after time. But I think to get it into perspective, because while I feel like that when I'm watching Brighton. I just feel, wait a minute, let's settle down a little bit here. We're making these the fairy on the top of the Christmas tree when are they really? I mean, they've got a soft underbelly. There's no question. Let's look at last season when we were playing them. They got coughed, cuffed 5-1 at home by Everton. Now, Everton can't score five goals in the whole season, never mind in one match. They've done them 5-1 at Brighton. The next week, they go to Arsenal who were at that stage really going for the title with Man City in the dismantle Arsenal 3-0 at Arsenal. Sensational result. And then they come up here 
and we clattered them four-one up here, and and they played some attractive stuff, but just looked when you got at them, just looked like disintegrate, like a chocolate uh, fire god, um, you know. So you, they, they have this underbelly. I mean. Lose five one at home, David, and then go to Arsenal and win three 0 and then come up here and get absolutely coshed. In this game up here was huge because they were trying to encroach on our um, on our European place, and they just won three 0 at Arsenal. What a worry that was! Mm-hmm. But to then come up and reverted to what they were against Everton, and so you never know which Brighton you're going to get. If you get the good Brighton, you're in trouble. If you get the other Brighton, it roll over and you can tickle the tummy, that's great. Um, but you're never certain which one we are going to get on Saturday. Uh, that's very true. But if Brighton get the good Newcastle, then they're also going to be in a wee bit above. And we saw last season at St James's Park, we're, we're praising David Moyes for the tactical masterclass and we have to praise Eddie Howe for the way he managed the game against Brighton, uh, which ended, I think it was 4-1 in the end, wasn't it? 4-1 it was, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it was a really important game with what was riding on it. But Eddie Howe set his side up so well. They controlled that game. And Brighton came in that game favourites, I think, and were just blown away. And I think, again, I'm expecting I'm expecting another tactical masterclass from Eddie Howe on, on Saturday. And I, I do think Newcastle will get the win. I'm confident that they'll, uh, they'll go in that international break with all three points. Because as you say, John, you don't want to be going into that two-week break on the no. back of another defeat. No, no, no. That that is the real worry because you would if you've lost three on the trot, which is unheard of, uh under Eddie Howe. Yes, we lost three on the trot last season, all two nil. Um but it included the League Cup final. So it was only two league games which didn't dent our league situation quite as much as three league defeats on the trot would. But morally, you don't want that. You've got a fortnight to stew over it and we've just had the bad result against Liverpool. You, if we win, Liverpool's just confined to the dustbin. It's just, it was a bad day. We all have bad days at the office. That was ours. We're not going to have it again. Um so it is a crucial, crucial day. And I love your optimism that says we're going to win because we need it so badly. My feeling, and it's not fence-setting, it's because you've got three choices. My feeling is that we'll draw, which would not be the end of the world um, because we've, the end of the world is when you lose to, to Brighton and it becomes three on the trot, fortnight's wait, and then Brentford, who can be tricky even up here. Um, but I think will draw but we really need to win and defeat no thanks so there you go that's your score but that's your result prediction then a, a, a draw uh yes i think it i think it is I, I think it is you're taking with the win that's fabulous because that is the result we really need and i hope you're saying that with your head as much as with your heart yeah i do i, I believe that um, Newcastle will win. I think, like you see, both sides will be wanting to rid the memory of last weekend. I think it's going to be interesting to see which which defeat hurt more, the, the last gasp against Liverpool or the thumping off West Ham. I guess, from my point of view, you know, the defeat to Liverpool, it was it, Newcastle played into Liverpool's hands, whereas West Ham were the better side. I think Newcastle can quite easily slip into that 
category or that team of being the better side against Brighton and making them pay for it. So, yeah, a win for Newcastle is my prediction. Hopefully, I am right and they can go in that international break celebrating three points in the Premier League. John, a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for the match preview. To you guys listening, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating and review and share the pod amongst your Newcastle United support and friends and family. Uh, it's international break, so we will have uh, some sort of episode over the next two weeks. Me and John are just deciding what it is, but it will be a let's talk about it. If you've got any suggestions, hit me up on social media and maybe we'll take one of your suggestions. Uh, we always do like listening to your uh, your uh, picks of what you like the episodes to be. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the international break. And for me and John, we shall be back very soon.